Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual, and I'm Antonio, and this is episode 75, and I don't know if there's some sort of anniversary 75 thing I should be giving up, but um, I have got uh, a guest with me, a friend, a new, relatively new friend, Mark Ryerson from, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yep, you got it. Yeah, and he is from uh, Calgary, from the Great White North. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I keep thinking of Second City Television when I when I think of Canada. Um, hey, it's Mark. Worst things to think of. Hi, thanks for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. It's a it's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm always surprised when you know, not always surprised when someone uh, like I'm asking people to come on the show and they're like, yeah, well, I'm like, wow, you want to be on my show? Thank you so much. <laughs> I still feel like a young podcast, so you know, I, when I get people on the show, I'm really happy and excited. So, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, here's the backstory. Um, Mark turned me on to. Oh, I gotta watch how I said that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, whatever. I mean, your yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it turned me on to this uh, application on my iPhone, um, an application called, it's called Contrast by Hornbeck, right? Which is, yep. I, is that correct? Yeah. That's right. And um, I, I wanted to get him on the show to talk about this. And I want Mark, you to, I want you to describe the app uh, and, and how you found it. Uh, well, I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to my friend Ward, who found it first and after a while, I remember it's been a, it was a while. And he's like, "Hey, you got to check out this this crazy app." And I think it was mid, almost a year ago. I think I was looking back through my uh, um, camera roll and my phone, and I think I see stuff from about this time last year when I really started um, playing with it. And yeah, I, I I'd have to say it has it's been one of those things that radically changed the way I look at light. And consequently, photography. So, so describe the app for us. What it does. Uh, so, I think one of the beautiful things about the app is its ridiculous simplicity. It basically does two things: it takes a picture and lets you focus, and that's it. Um, and it has some crazy algorithm in there that um, I don't. I assume it's got some sort of color filter on it and some algorithms to deal with light and give you a pre-processed look that i don't know it just does create it just does i, I can't even be using the word crazy a lot but <laughs> um when i first got the app i felt like a fool because you're like you're i'm wandering around the downtown in my lunch hour so it's kind of busy it's spring slash summer and i'm just pointing my phone in all these directions and just watching what the app does and how it handles the light situations there's a highlight it tends to darken the screen and in, in sort of even light, it kind of gives a more gray tones. And so I'm for, I don't know, I still, I still do it to this day. So it's been a year of me wandering around the downtown Calgary, looking like an idiot with my phone <laughs> above my head or stopping and looking at random things and seeing how it works with the light, excuse me, playing off snow and off uh, aluminum surfaces and steel surfaces and painted surfaces and yeah it's it's really i think the beauty of it is, is its simplicity 
Yeah, it's incredibly simple app. What you're leaving out is that it only shoots black and white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a color app. No. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, when you turned me on to the app, can you remember why? Because I'm spacing out on it. There was something we were talking about, I think, on Twitter, right? Yeah, I don't... Uh... Something I like think that. you were. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you were kind of you were sort of you feeling like in a rut and you're like, I feel that that was part of it where you're just not feeling inspired. Right, right, right. Because that's I think that's what when Ward uh, told or said, "Hey, try this." Is I was like, oh, I just not seeing anything. Like I, I we walk. So Calgary's not that big. It's a, just around a million over a million people. Our downtown core is, uh, I don't know, maybe like eight blocks north to south and there's short blocks and then maybe again eight to 12 15 blocks wide so it's it's a very small area and uh, i shoot with ward quite a bit we walk around at lunchtime just to get out and so we walk the same streets over and over see we start seeing the same people you see the same things you're just like i need to see this differently so he's like here try this and uh so when you had those same thoughts on twitter mm -hmm. i'm like hey I I found a lot of love here. Try this, and I think that's uh, I think that's yeah. That feels it could good. be my memory making things no, up. No, I think but that's I right. Feel like that's that's right. how it went. Yeah. Um, because I you know people will suggest things to me, and I don't just being me in a weird way. I don't always pick up on it. And <laughs> when you said it, I think I was just in a place where I was like, okay, I'm not feeling something about my photography or, or whatever. And so when you said it, it was like, yeah, okay, sure. Boom. And I, you know, looked at it and downloaded it and, and, and started playing with it. And it's funny how you were talking about walking around like an idiot. I, I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> in fact, I, I was doing it. Um, was it today? It was yesterday in my, uh, in the building that I work in, there was a stairway uh, and there's a lot of sunlight coming in. It's a very stark stairway. And I'm walking around with this app in the stairway pointing it at, you know, up and down the stairs and, and whatnot. And thinking, when was the last time I was walking around with the phone sort of, you know, absentmindedly pointing it at things and seeing what they looked like. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is a really simple app. Like you said, uh, it's not the greatest app, uh, for like making, like you wouldn't want to make gallery style photograph, uh, prints from it, but you could, if you tweak them a little bit, um, you know, I, I kind of wish the guy who made the app, uh, Hornbeck, would, um, you know, maybe update it a little bit. But but given that, like, its simplicity and that you can only do, like, this one thing with it, there's something nice about that kind of restriction, mm -hmm. you know, and so – and the challenge of it. So I think when you told me that, I was like, I'm up for a challenge, you know, walking around with this thing and, 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 and seeing what stuff looks like through the filter or through the, you know – the, the filter of contrast of the contrast app. Um, but uh, I wanted to use this app as sort of a pushing off point. Well, first let me, let me um, go into a little bit of what uh, I was thinking about. Like I was wandering in the cemetery the other day and using the app. Uh, it was a rainy day in the cemetery and, and because it was overcast, it was really doing an interesting uh effect with the uh, sculptures and the columns and, and whatnot. And I'll post some of these pictures in the, you know, in the show notes we can see. And it suddenly just popped into my mind that um, I'm using this app to see the world 
you know, almost you know, obviously through a filter. But to see something that um, I, I always had a hard time visualizing myself, you know. And so seeing in this very high contrast black and white way is not something that, you know, my eyes do naturally. I know there are some people who who can see in black and white, but I, I always never really could, you know. And um, it just made me think about this idea of seeing, you know. And so that's when I called you up in some sense and said, hey, you turned me on to this app. Be on the show with me. Let's try to figure <laughs> something out about, about seeing and, um, you know, this, this app being sort of, the, sort of the starting point for that. And I usually don't talk about apps or gear too much on the show, but there's something about this that sparks something in me. And it, and it sounds like it sparks something in you, too. Now, oh, yep. so tell me what, what have you been taking pictures of? With Will you, you, what? First of all, why don't you tell us what? I, since you're the first time on the show, what kind of photography do you usually do? Uh, I would say I started doing a lot of, sh well, <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of random stuff for a while, and then I, uh, I did. It's now starting to be a long time ago, like four years ago. I did a street portrait photog um, project with hundred strangers, um, and it was really starting in that in that project because I was outside all the time I'm like well I might as well try this street thing too because I'm here and I'm spending a lot of time out here so I started taking street photography pictures and you know your usual beginner street photography stuff and you get a lot of misses and a couple of hits and um, and that went along for a while where I just tried mm -hmm. to hone some street work um, but like I said the that the downtown core is pretty quiet and that's usually when I had time, um, my only time to shoot. So I've done that a lot. I've more recently, um, still doing a lot of portraits. I still like doing street portraits. I'm trying to do a little bit more creative stuff. Um, and then I got this app <laughs> and then I did a lot of <laughs> before app and after app. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> before it, it totally is that way. And I, I, I am not ashamed to say that, and like it's a bit dramatic to say that it changed completely changed the way changed my life it didn't change my life but it, it totally changed the way that i view photography from a looking for subjects as in physical objects or mm -hmm. people to saying no you know what the my subject is light mm -hmm. and the people moving through the light are our canvas for for that light and so after so i did a lot of architecture stuff with this app because i was in a bit of a slump whatever um what, creatively from shooting, from shooting uh people or street photography uh, street photography and life and i don't yeah. know whatever boredom whatever you do whatever the excuse was and then i then this and this architecture stuff and then i was posting a lot of these pictures and somebody on um uh commented they're like you know i'd really like to see you do people in that manner because i was doing a lot of architecture that uh, was abstracting and not like clean. Right. Here's a building. It was like, no, here's a sliver of a building. Here's, you know, pure, like uh, images that were 80% pure black and then just brilliant white and a really compressed tonal range uh, to get between those two places. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'd really like to see that on people, what you could do with people. I'm like, huh, that's a fantastic idea. So then I started, um, looking for uh people to shoot like that and then it was the coldest brutal winter that ever that i've seen in years here and i was really hard 
because I love winter light. At yeah, our, yeah. It's, this far north, it's just beautiful. Um, but you've been using the app for how long? How long? Just about a uh, just about a year. Probably. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that it's been out that long. I mean, I guess I could have looked at the date, but. Yeah, well, wow. my like, and Ward said he started. I think it was December 2016. I think is when he had downloaded. So, which probably explains what you're seeing in the quality issues, right? It was probably designed around an iPhone five. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Right, and now you're shooting a, whatever we're at seven, seven eight, nine, yeah, eight, seven, yeah. eight, tens, right? So, your camera qualities are probably outstripped to the apps, um, compression it, algorithms. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter, does it? No, it's I. I don't. No, <laughs> it's not what it's about, or at least nope. it's not entirely what it's about. Because you're you're describing using the app to see some to see in it. I mean, this is oversimplification, maybe, but see in a new way, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to use its, um, I mean, really, essentially, we're using its technology to be able to see in a way that we don't see in our daily life. I mean, I don't walk around and see the street black with a silver of light. I can imagine it, right? But I don't really yeah. see it, you know, and the and the app is helping you. And even I would say an augmented reality way, that's not quite the right way to use that phrase. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's, you know, it is doing that. Like if you could have a 30 inch screen wrapped around your head showing you the world and in, in the way contrast does, would you just to see what it's like, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm already, well, I don't know. I'm already a big enough dork with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> amp it up to a thousand. Yeah. So you've been but, using it for about a year. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so you go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, and it was because at that time, so the, some of the discussions we've had offline between you and some, a couple other photographers and, why I feel like I'm a bit of an evangelist for this phone or this app, and I don't mean to be, but I, it's because of my long history of shooting that I, I can say quite confidently that it's changed or it's trained my eye differently because now I've spent enough time uh, with like wandering around with the phone in front of my face, and now that as I walk down the street, I'm like, that is a freaking awesome light pattern that's hitting that building reflected because of here, here, and here. And you start seeing it. I'm like, I bet that would look great in contrast. And you flip open the app and it is, it's, it's Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. So now I can take my camera and go, okay, now I know how to expose for that scene because I've, I have already had enough uh, training, quote unquote training to know what's going to happen. And so when I bring it into on my computer and post process, um, I can replicate it mm-hmm. very right. accurately because I because you have to expose completely differently. You have to look at light differently. Um, so it's not differently. It's not. It, it sounds a little bit elitist. It's not what I'm trying to say. It's just you know so much when your camera like on camera in auto is always going to that 18% gray. And when you right. learn to expose properly, it's like oh you got to watch. You don't you don't want to blow your highlights. You don't want to drop into shadow. You got to have everything nicely balanced. And this is this thing. Says, you know what? Yeah. Whatever. Screw Go to that. black, <laughs> blow to what blow out your highlights. Yeah. And 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 concentrate on those really compressed tonal range. So you don't want to lose it, but you just don't want to have it spread across the whole image. Yeah. And I I downloaded it I think only like two, two or three weeks ago when we had this conversation. Um 
when you recommended it to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, like I said before, I'm doing the same thing as you, like walking around with this thing in front of my face. Yeah. And oh. it's bringing up a lot of stuff for me, um, if I may, you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I told you offline that uh, I, when I started doing photography, I was shooting black and white because, A, that was what I could afford. And that was what the guy who was teaching me photography said, you know, go buy Tri-X and go buy this paper. We're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and I could process it. Right? Color was just, you know, not an easy way to learn. A lot of people who are learning film learn shooting black and white. And one of the things about it is I had a very, very hard time seeing the world in black and white through my camera mm. because I don't, you know, A, I'm not trained. B, the world is color, and I see color. Mm. And to understand that and try to translate it into a black and white image was incredibly difficult to me, and it is – it's one of those things that's sort of like a lingering, I don't want to say scar, but like it still lingers with me. And like when someone talks about contrast, I don't mean the app, when it talks about contrast between blacks and whites and even color contrast, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up a little bit. You know? <laughs> like I still have that trouble, not entirely, but like I still remember having the trouble understanding that. Yeah. And, you know, if I was able to have this app way back when I would have made, you know, well, it's a little more extreme than the black and white that I was shooting back then, but at least I would have gotten, you know, an inkling about what I'm looking at, you know, like using the app as a pre visualization tool to like say, Oh, am I going to point it at my cat and see my white cat? What is, what, what, what's my white cat going to look like in, you know, in a severe black and white and the app would have certainly helped, but it got me thinking about, uh, and you grew up with film, right? Obviously, you knew film. Uh, Ish. So uh, my first camera was a film camera. It was a Canon Rebel. Uh-huh. Um, and a friend of mine actually introduced me to pure, like real black and white film, not the C41. Um, and then that was sort of when I started in photography. And then I put it down for a lot of years. And then I started in digital and mm-hmm. only went recently have gone to uh, to black and white Um most partially because I want to shoot medium format. Right. And right. Um, I ended up, there's a class here in one of the technical schools, uh, a darkroom class uh, by a locally famous photographer, George Weber, who is, he's phenomenal and such a, an amazing guy, actually. Um, and that's when I really started going back into getting into black and white and sort of uh, lit that love, I would say. Did you shoot color film now, ever? Uh, yeah, I start. I would have started with black color film. But like C forty, you're saying C forty one, which is the which would be print film. Uh, you know, I don't remember what kind of film it oh, was back okay. in the day. Uh, <laughs> it was whatever he could pick up at the at the but store. Was, was it like, slide or tra- was it transparency or, or print? Uh print. It yeah, was yeah. Okay. Negatives. So, yeah. I don't so, think I ever shot slide film. Oh really? Okay. No. Um, I shot a lot of Kodachrome uh, when oh, yeah. that was what was available. Yep. And uh, I shot a lot, and I mean, I shot a lot of it. I mean, I shot a lot, and um, I still have a whole, you know, I've got boxes of it next to me that the stock agency sent me back. But uh, when you're shooting film uh, enough times, you start to see the world in the way the film reproduces. Right? Okay. So yeah. you know, I'm looking at you know a scene, and I, I wasn't totally great at this, but I was getting better at it because I was shooting it more. But I could look at some scene. I could say that's going to look great, you know, in Kodachrome and underexposed by a third of a stop, 
or a half stop because Kodachrome did really, really well when you underexposed it. Um, okay. The colors really got saturated. The shadows got really blocked up. But I was starting to be able to see in, like, not literally, but I could look at a scene like you're talking about using contrast, and I was able to say, oh, okay, I know what that's going to look like, you know, and I know how to expose that so that it looks quite right. And, you know, con you know, fast forward to contrast or any of the cameras that we're using now, um, we're, we're now able to use these devices in front of our faces not to not even have to imagine what the scene's going to look like. Right. Right. Because you're actually seeing the scene and how it's going to record. So um, I, it was just a, it was just like, the you know, the I don't know how to say this. Um, this this uh, the, the training gap, the learning amount of time, because I had to shoot a lot of Kodachrome to be able to see that. Right. Yeah. And, or at least imagine it in my head. Uh, and now I don't have to imagine there's no, there's no uh, imagination going on. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, it's like terrible. No, but, but it's it's interesting. It's kind of it, it, as you were relating that. I'm like it's thinking that, you know, that's uh, it seems like like you learn to speak the language of Kodachrome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. I've I've learned to speak the language of contrast so that when those scenes come up, you're like, oh yeah, that's the way that this would work. And I I I would you know I think you've the way that you talk about your your Fuji cameras and um, the way that you you're in tune with your with that um, X100T, mm -hmm. or yeah, that's it. it. Sounds yeah. the same thing. It sounds very similar. Where you've learned the language of the camera, and so you can get what you want out of it because you've you've learned the language. Yes, it's exactly what I'm I'm thinking about. Um, in relationship to contrast when I'm also thinking about that in relationship to how I'm beginning or how we're beginning to see the world as photographers. Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I look through my Fuji camera or I look through the viewfinder or the LCD screen and I see, you know, my settings are, are like this. I underexpose by two stuff. Actually the, the Fuji looks very much like Kodachrome when it's shot in classic Chrome, uh, mm -hmm. which is one of the settings on the camera for the picture profile. Uh, I can set it to what's called classic chrome and it does look like Kodachrome in a way, or at least what I kind of remember in a way. But now I can start um, the, like you're right. When you say speaking the same language where me and the camera are in tune and because I'm shooting so much with that camera, I'm starting to see things in the real world. And I'm saying, okay, that's what I know that's going to look good. I know, I know this shot or this scene I need to underexpose a little bit or this scene I need to overexpose a little bit. Um, because I know how it's going to turn out. But these bits of technology to uh, help us see the world in the way that, you know, they present to us, right? You know, so yeah. the contrast is presenting the world in its stark black and white. And, you know, my Fuji camera is presenting it in a way that's sort of a, you know, a homage to, to Kodachrome. And we are, um, we are learning to see you know, our subjects through this, through this filter. And so I'm always starting to wonder like, well, I actually mentioned this, you know, when we were talking online the other day or something like that, it's like, is this now my vision that I'm seeing? Or is this like, you know, Hornbeck's vision? You know, if I'm using the contrast, like, is this now, you know, I'm glomming on to 
the way someone else sees the world because they created an app and they show that it's very stark black and white. And now I'm like, oh, I like this. And so someone said, no, it's all you. You're taking the picture. But I wanted to sort of open that up to you a little bit. What do you think? It's as, interesting. As a, as a talking point, not like what's yeah. definite, you know, one or the other. <laughs> no, for sure. It's, it's part of me wants to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, that vision is someone else's vision. Um, but then part of me also wants to say, well, at the end of the day, it's just a tool. It's just a certain type of brush. Like, do you, when a painter paints and they use a, you know, a stiff bristled brush, is it the brush maker's vision mm. that's being yeah. put onto the canvas? It's still you interpreting a scene and using this particular tool to take a scene and, and make it the way that you want. So it's probably the answer. I don't know the, the, the answer. Well, no, uh, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. It's probably a hybrid of those two, those two points. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Hornbrecht tool, but it's, I'm using a tool to execute something that I've seen and something that made me stop enough to go, huh? I like that. Yeah, just as you said that, I started thinking of like the old. Um, of course, I get to I get to say this, <laughs> the old zone system that um, Ansel Adams created. Yep. You know this idea of being able to for those people who don't know, and I'm not going to go through a deep history of this right now because I don't want to. But the gist of it, there's a way to photograph with black and white film or with film in and using Ansel Adams method. To be able to, I guess, extract the most amount of tonality from uh, a piece of film and the scene uh, and your print. And there were certain techniques that you use. And, and just as you were saying this about the, the painter's brush, which actually really, I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, people who are using the zone system are, in a sense, using a system that was created by someone else. So in the same way that, yep. like, Hornbeck would have created this contrast app, you know, Ansel Adams created a zone system. And so everybody who photographed uh, or who created a picture using uh, the zone system could be said, you know, if we go one direction, it should be said, well, those basically Ansel Adams, you know, ideas and looks and his quote unquote filter yeah. that we are saying, Oh, I like um, and resonating with, I'm going to use it for my photography. So that's yeah, interesting to think, you know, and then, yeah, to pull ahead. back that that language metaphor that we were talking about before is you may shoot Ansel Adams zone system, but you ain't no Ansel Adams. Like, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Like, right. There's yeah. tens of thousands. Like he spoke that language. Yeah. Yeah. Like a second, not even like a second, like it, like it was his primary language, whereas everybody else that uses it is simply learning it as a visitor in a foreign land. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you may be good. You may be conversational, but you're still not a native. Hmm. And um, so I think, you know, just to kind of loop these things back into together, like they're tools and they're they're learning a second language or you learning it. But will we ever be the master of uh, of that, of whoever created the tool? And maybe the great thing about art is that we've take the bits and make something greater. Right. Right. And we're building, we're always building on top of the others who have done this before. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. And, and laid out all the, the, you know, instructions and rules and tools for us to, to take forward, you know, and 
if somebody like Hornbeck didn't want anybody to copy his style, let's just say that he would not have created an app that, you know, sort of in some way duplicates his style. I think what he's doing yeah. is saying, this is really cool. This is how I see. I want to share it. I want to share the way I see with you and, and see what you guys do with it. So um, there's that. I, I realized with this tool, um, I use it or I've used it a couple times as a pre-visualization tool. Now, one of the things is mm -hmm. I, I probably told you I teach a street photography class, and I had a class last Saturday. So we're, what are we, Tuesday? So Saturday, that just passed, I had a class. And I had one student in the class. It was a small class. I think we had three students. And one student in the class had an iPhone. And I think this app is only available for iPhones. That's right. And, and he was taking the photography class for the first time. Like, I was really honored, actually. There were two people in the class. They're like, this is our first photography class ever. I was like, huh, wow, that's really, that's like, that's cool. yeah, it puts a lot, of, not a responsibility in my shoulders, you know, like, but it's like, wow, you know, it's like, okay. So this guy had an iPhone and I said, and he was borrowing his mom's camera to, to, <laughs> to take the class. And I think he didn't even know how to put the lenses on. Um, he was that new to photography. And I said, look, download this app and use it as something to be able to look at, right? So that you could start seeing things in a way that will, um, you know, maybe help you, you know, look at the world in a different way and, and think about what it means to, uh, to look at shadow, to, to look at light, you know, and it's one of the things I didn't have when I was, when I was learning, but it's like a really cool tool. And so he did download it and, and started to use it. Um, and one of the things I thought about is like, this app is such a good way. I always talk about like, why do you want to convert? Why do you want to shoot in black and white? Why do you want to shoot in color? And, you know, the main strength of black and white is often that you're looking at shapes and forms and, you know, um, you know, color can be a distraction from that. But like a tool like this is really, really helpful to to see the, the shapes and forms of things to eliminate yep. this uh, color. So do you have you used it for that as well to like not just look at the light, but look at the way things are shaped? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, like that. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm if I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> but that it's that it's you. It's I found it cha it changed my perspective to look at light as the subject of my shooting, and so that when I see, look how the light hits the shape of that, and it's changing the, some of the stuff I want to do with models of, you know, like there's a thousand pictures of a thousand pretty pretty girls and you know handsome dudes. But let's play with the sh the, the shape of their mm -hmm. bodies and the mm -hmm. way the light hits and bends around curves and you have the tonality and like that stuff and then drops into shadow and I really want to start. I've tried a little bit. I really want to do more of playing with that shapes and this this type of shooting and I I'd like to do it on. I'd like to try to do it in film as well because I want to try to print it in with my darkroom. Yeah. But there's a challenge, yeah. Yeah, I think it will be a huge challenge because I don't think. I'm not sure if I don't know if I can do it with film. Well, at least with the stock that I have, a bunch of like Tri-X and uh, I'm sure you uh, could figure out a way. I, I, you had just posted a picture up. I saw it. Uh, I didn't see it on Instagram. I know you posted it there, but I didn't see it there because I'm on Instagram. Oh, Facebook anymore. probably. Facebook, Facebook, and it was. Uh, I'll describe it in the way I remember it. Um, you know, it was a big solid sort of square of black with this sort of almost S-ish shaped sliver of light 
with a lot of lines through it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was very black and the sliver of light. It was almost like a flame, like a thin, you know, flame of light. And this is a black and white shot. And there was some sort of grid, you know, other shadow lines in within this line of light. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, what is going on here, right? And as I, I kept looking, and I kept looking, and I kept looking, and all of a sudden, I just, I, my eyes are scanning up and down, and I start seeing what looks like a face in the top part mm-hmm. of this light. And I'm like, that's a person. And then pieces started to fall together for me. I'm like, I see what's going on, you know? And I was like, I think I posted, you know, fantastic picture. I mean, I, you know, it's a kind of lame way to say this. I <laughs> Great shot, you know. It's so much more to that shot than just saying great shot. But I guess you here you are now. I can tell you that you know, it it drew me in in such a way that I, I had to ask a lot of questions, and you know the the answers weren't immediately there. And I like to say, you know, with photographs, especially to my students, like sometimes with photographs, you want to be able to, you know, ask more questions than you answer, you know. Yeah. Uh, and keep people sort of poking around in the shot and and when i saw that you know all of a sudden it took me a little while to see that face pop up and i was like wow now i'm engaged in this picture and now i'm like i you know the pieces fell together a little bit the answers were kind of there but it took me some time to find them and uh a i want to ask you was that was that the contrast app or did you do it with no that so, was with my that was with my camera but it's obviously um you used the 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 seeing experience from the app to create that picture. I'm going to assume that is that is correct. Right? Would you have not done that prior? Like that's not no. A, so this I've been uh, I've been doing a series of with people like this. Uh, sorry, not with people like this. That didn't come out right. Of people, <laughs> people. in this style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's shot at when you know. They tell me I'm not supposed to shoot, which is high noon. So a lot of these are shot. Most of my show, most of my shootings at noon. So it's it's harsh sunlight, and I take a, a model. We wander around the downtown, and we find hard edges of buildings or whatever, and find these little slivers of light, or shafts of light. And we'll, and I'm like, okay, stand here. And most like when they're models, models, they don't get it because it's not typical. Like I'm not. Right. not in the light. Right. So they're, they're, they start standing in the wrong place. I'm like, no, I want you to stand right here and I don't want you to move because I'm trying to line up all these things. Um, and then I'm exposing for that. So, you know, bright daylight, uh, on the skin. And even then I'm still jacking the, the highlights and the whiteness to pop it. And so I can drop the shadows a bit more. So this a hundred percent, this shot is was made possible because of the language I learned through contrast. Yeah, and it's not just the light, it was the shape too. Like Yeah. Yeah. It was it was both things at once. Anyway, it was really um it was a pretty powerful picture. Are you gonna do more like that? I would if I could shoot only this style for until I get sick of it, which hopefully does not too soon, but I would love to. I want to. I really want to shoot this uh, more like this. I may have to bring it into the studio a little bit, uh, which is a whole other challenge. But yeah. uh, and it's interesting when I when using Instagram or whatever to find models and 
they they go look at what I do that most are like, yeah, I'm in because because it's different, right? And it's not just your hey, I have a pretty face. It's okay, we're doing something a little different. I like I this is I like this. So it's I've been had I've had some I don't know what I would call some success, <laughs> being who I am a nobody. Um, <laughs> To get to get people interested, so why do you say if you would if you could shoot like this? Oh, just are, are you pre- it, are you prevented from? I mean, like why? why well, not? time restrictions and um, it's well, you, it's what's that? Well, I was gonna say. I mean, the only thing I could think of that would be you know keeping you from doing it as long as a you have a job to do some other style, or b yeah. like the light is not right, you know. But why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you just keep doing it? No good reason. <laughs> it's it's well, let's uh, we'll be I'll just be honest. No good reason. <laughs> I, I I will shoot this as long as somebody was willing to stand there and and play in the light with me. Yeah, all right. Because you know it's um it'd be great to see a series of pictures like that where you just had these sort of um you know these slivers and you had to figure out what was going on in it and. Uh, I, I I could see that, you know, you creating a series of shots that would, you know, be a body of work like that. Um, mm. So I would probably encourage that. But, uh, yeah. I will. Uh, I don't th- I don't need a ton of encouragement because I'm 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 in. But any encouragement is definitely welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I think I've, I think I've cut my teeth on the architecture side of that seeing those curves and those slivers of light um man i feel like it there's my italian blood coming i'm gesturing Mm -hmm. for everybody and everybody to see in in my where i'm sitting um and i yeah i totally want to bring this on to people so let me me post this question and this is sort of just coming off the top of my head so if we don't have a contrast app to work with right Mm -hmm. what how can we go about um, seeing things differently? All right. So we all have this part in us where we get stuck, right? You and me, we're kind of stuck in a place. Well, we found an app and it helps us see something differently. Yep. But, you know, that's today. We got this app. What's going to happen when, you know, the app dries up and we're back in this? How, how do we learn to see, how do we learn to see something, I don't to say this, differently or in a way that excites us and maybe not using sort of an external, right? So here, here's the challenge, right? You know, contrast app comes up, we're like, hey, all right. But, you know, we're on a desert island and you got a camera, endless amounts of film or, or digital. And like, what can you do to, um, to see something differently? It, I think we... Hit our virtual desert islands a fair bit. <laughs> um, so and, you know, I'm asking you this because I'm trying to figure it out myself. But, but you know, well, I, I think I think I have a I have a decent answer. I think okay. So and I'm listening because I need this. <laughs> when I running back or going back in time again, when I did that street portrait for project uh, Hundred Strangers, I was reading all the how tos and. Um, you know, look for the golden light, shoot in the open, you know, blah, blah, blah. And most of them like, ugh, noon is the worst time to shoot. I'm like, okay, 
challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. So I shot a series of portraits at noon. So granted, I still use some of the other quote unquote rules like open shade and whatever, but I was still shooting at noon and not always in open shade. Well, urban centers are kind of open shade generally, but, but I was still shooting at noon in places that people are like, how did you do that? That's because you, so I, so my point is, so then with contrast is the same thing. What's a photography rule? Shoot in thirds. Okay. Let's not do, let's break that rule. What's, uh, I don't know. What are some of the other rules that they quote well, unquote with, rules like you of just photography? Like with contrast, you know, contrast is like a, one of the things everybody tells you to do. What you hear being done. Make sure you have a full tonal range, right? Oh yeah. Make sure you don't block up the shadows. Make sure you've got detail on the highlights. And and an, an app like Contrast is saying, well, "The heck with that." You know. Yeah. You're gonna get a black. You get white. You're gonna get blown out highlights. You know, not much in between, right? So, yeah, well, and not just a little bit of black. <laughs> Half your image is going to be Half black. It's going to be black, right? So it's throwing out all the conventions. And so yeah, I guess you're saying maybe if you want to start seeing something differently, you want to start throwing out the conventions. Yeah, maybe just one at a time. Whatever one, whatever, I would say whatever one that you immediately go, oh, I can't break that rule. That's kind of like the rule to do. That's the one you take and you go, okay, whatever that rule is, do the opposite or whatever doesn't make sense and figure out a way to make it work. And if it doesn't work, you know, do it, you have to do it for a period of time and maybe you just, this doesn't work. Great. Next. Right. But at least it's forced you out of that, those habits, right? You know, it's funny I say that because I totally get in those habits in a lot of other parts of life, but... (laughs) And then you spiral, right? Like I can right. see this spiral yeah. down as part of what we started this conversation um, on in Twitter, how we got to the contrast app conversation is like you're just spiraling and like you're doing the same thing. And so, okay, what do we got to do that's different? Yeah. I mean, some, note to you know, self. It's, yeah, <laughs> note to self. It's helpful to have the outside influence, you know, to, yep. to throw you in there because – Sometimes it's too much to ask of yourself to try to think about what to do differently because we're all sort of stuck in this convention and, and, and the rules and, and, you know, maybe the tyranny of it uh, in some way. And someone comes along and says, you know, hey, try this or break this and you'll let your proverbial hair down and, and you do it. But some it's sometimes a lot harder to do that on your own without an outside influence, without, you know someone suggesting to do something differently it's like how do you how do you generate that in yourself and like i can't see the world differently i look through my eyes and like you know the wall's still gray and my my table's still black and i got a yellow pad in front of me and like i i can't really see that differently and so you know in in this case an app or a camera or a lens um you know can can augment that in a way you know but it's always I'm trying to say that like this stuff is external, right? Yeah. You know, so like my, to, to sideways for a second, I've been buying, you know, really cheap lenses for my Fuji X-T10 and X-T20 because first of all, I fall in love with that camera. I love it. And now I can find these really kind of cheap lenses with, with, you know, um, uh, converter rings so I can put a Nikon lens on a, on the Fuji or some, you know, Russian lens. And I'm finding that each one of these lenses is giving me a little bit of a creative boost in kind of the same way maybe, you know, contrast is. 
Yeah. Right. It's just making me see the world a little bit differently through the filter of the lens and the way it records the world. And I th- I don't think that's a bad thing. It's fine. It's giving me some way to do that. But like, do I really need to have this stuff? Right. Do I need to have this lens? Do I need to have this camera? Do I need to have this app in order to try to see the world differently and then be creative in that? And uh, you know, I don't know what you think about that. I think they're tools to get those to get to that destination. Um, but do we I, always need a tool? Sometimes, but I th- oh. in in your case, when we you know getting what sparked this conversation was a prior conversation of you just saying, "Hey, I'm stuck," and then someone said, in "This case, it was me." Hey, mm-hmm. try this. So when you're if you're stuck, like I you know, we had a little bit of the, in the pre, the preamble to this about that, um, social interaction. And I'm a, I'm an introverted person. I, I get a ton of social stimulation through my work that is just over the top and I can mm-hmm. barely take it <laughs> and I don't seek out more, but what's getting me out of some of the deepest lows I've had in a long time is the conversations we've had, we've had it through uh, Twitter and the stuff we've had with various other people around um, Mac from Shutter Time. Mm-hmm. Your listeners obviously know, and uh, you had usually Dave, right? There's just yeah, these yeah. little tiny commute pockets of community saying, "Hey, someone, someone heard and said, heard your, hey, I'm stuck," and a bunch of people said, you know, rallied. So some, so yeah. Sometimes I think there is an external force needed, and whether it doesn't need to be a on object, but I, I think the most powerful one is the people. Um, mm. And and that, you know, people that care about you and say, hey, I see you're struggling. Here, here's some suggestions that, you know, maybe it'll help you stop or help you get moving again because you're stuck. And I think sometimes we get stuck and I, and I don't see photography, any different photography or any other artistic pursuit much different than any part of life. It, there is, I don't think it's compartmentalized. It's all, um, you know, as you get a little airy fairy, but everything is spiritual. Like everything yeah. is connected. Yeah. There is, is you don't have a photographic life and a regular life and a work life. They're all messy and entangled. So when you suffer, you're suffering. When if, you know, this photography group is if that's what's getting us up. Well, that came out totally wrong. Um, <laughs> if that's what's it's starting okay. us moving again, yeah, yeah. then that's and you know, then it, that's great. Yeah. And it, if it was for you know for me at one point it was this app, great, you know. But it's I would say a lot more is is some of the connections of, with people that have started the seeing things differently yeah that makes sense and you know we do have these we do have these tools and to ignore them uh would be kind of um wouldn't make any sense you know it's like if contrast didn't come along you may not have thought about things in a new way but to like you know to try to self-generate that like oh i should start looking at things with you know extreme blacks and extreme whites you know that might not have just come into your head naturally but you know here nope. this tool comes along and gives you a little you know a little shove in the right direction and you know you may keep doing it you may get sick of it you may get the the, the style i mean uh there may be a, it, it leads you to a new direction that you never thought of going in before um 
that's you know that's great and i you know uh i, I equate this to let's see it's gonna be a weird this is sort of a weird segue maybe but um going to uh let's see i, were, I had a very big judgment about antidepressants people who took mm-hmm. them <laughs> this is this is a long story i don't guess what but like i was like you gotta take antidepressants the hell right until I noticed that someone I knew took him to be able to stop um, something that was going on so they could move forward. And when I saw yeah. that, I was like, they're using him as a tool. You know, it's kind right. of an overly simplified way of saying this. But like this thing is, is uh, stopping a blockage and helping them move forward, right? Yep. And yeah. once, I, once I understood that, then this idea of what you're talking about, what we're talking about, is using these things as tools. And they may be external things, but they help us move forward, right? Like they, yeah. they help stop us from what we're doing, change something, move forward. Then, you know, it's a good thing. And I, I realize I'm making like a half-assed argument for, uh, for you know, gear acquisition syndrome. Like, well, we should, keep buying, <laughs> we should keep buying stuff because it keeps us moving in the right direction. But... No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, like, there's, you know, we don't always need to come up with this solution by ourselves, you know, calling the community, like you said, finding help from the external, from other people, or someone saying, hey, you know, try this style of photography. It it might, you know, resonate with what the subjects that you're doing. Uh, You might start to see things slightly differently, and that could set you off in a different direction. I think that's perfectly valid. Uh, thing to do yeah i i think what you're i i don't know if there's a way to say anything aside from being simplistic because just to be able to pin a reason down to a specific object or item it would it inherently is simplistic because that psyche and depression and lows is a deep you know crazy complex yeah, yeah, yeah. or crazy complex but i would you know you I'm going to re- do a slight rebuttal against your half-assed uh, <laughs> gear acquisition is if you stop at that acquisition, you will fail. The trick was to just use it as a tool and keep moving forward. I think I've seen, I see, and I, when I, I have a, a guy that I talk to, I know quite well at one of our camera stores, the camera store mm-hmm. seems to be known around. <laughs> um, and, you know, to, when talking to him, he's like, yeah, people come in here and think they're going to be, do all this great things because they went and they spent, you know, 50 grand on the, on the Hasselblad system. And he's like, you know, they would have been better off spending 50 bucks on a book (laughs) and learning, you know, and, 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 and moving forward and not saying this gear is going to solve my problem, but I need to move, learn and move forward. And maybe you spend the 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or a new lens and then don't stop there, but just keep that momentum moving. Otherwise, you'll just loop and get in a, a pretty ugly feedback loop with buying shit that you don't need. Yeah. 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 And because it doesn't get this, this contrast app doesn't make me a better photographer. Right. Learning how right. to see light because of this crutch has made me a better photographer. Right. Right. Yeah. Think of it that, that this guy Hornbeck is whispering in your ear, or hanging out on your shoulders and saying, you know, through the app, like, look at things this way. Yeah. yeah. So it is a it is a tool. It's a you know it's a helper. It's a mentor in a way. 
um, and again, I'm trying to equate this back to seeing, you know, because that's what we do as photographers. We're we're here to see things and, and show people what we see, you know. Um, I, to go back to the gear for a second, like, you know, I bought a new lens, $70 lens. On, nice. Yeah, it was. it's called a Seven Artisan lens. It's, I, I don't know where it's made, probably in some parts unknown. It uh, fits onto my Fuji. It's become my favorite lens to, to work with. Uh, 70 bucks, 72 bucks on Amazon. It's a 25, 25 millimeter lens, f1.8. So, it, you know, I can shoot in very low light, very manual lens, right? The depth of field doesn't really work so well on it, or at least the scale doesn't <laughs> work so well. You know? <laughs> and I, I'm starting to see, just in the way that I was talking to you about before, about like seeing Kodachrome, I'm starting to see things the way this lens sees. In some mm. way, you know, you're channeling your Winograd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking pictures to see what they look like. Yeah, well, that's what I photograph. Yeah, that's what I tell my classes. Like, you know, take pictures to see how things look like when they're photographed. Um, I think that's part of our, you know, maybe that's part of our mission as photographers, you know, uh, to do that. Mm. But to be able to use these tools to um, change the way. I see the world, you know, a little bit and then and then share that vision with everybody else, you know. Yeah. Um I get I get this is here's something. This is sideways again. Well, maybe not. I post a lot of I, when the when the sun rises um at a point when I'm getting up early in the morning for like it's summertime so the sun's rising at 4:30 in the morning. So I'm not getting up at 4:30. <laughs> I generally get up at 6ish, right? So when the sun is rising about 6ish, I've been I get up, I look out the window, and it's like, oh, it looks like it might be a good sunrise, and I'll photograph the sunrise. And then I'll post the picture. I'll I'll, I'll do some processing, right, just because I do. <laughs> and I'll get into that in a second. And then I'll post it into a local Facebook uh, group that's part of my neighborhood. So I live in Kensington. So there's a Kensington group uh, for people in the neighborhood. And I started sharing these sunrise pictures in the morning and people are, and you know, I don't want to get into the social media crap because I've been trying to tell people I'm not doing that anymore. But I got to the point where it's just like, you know what, people in my neighborhood, it'd be nice. Like I get up early and nobody else sees the sunrise. And I thought I'm going to share this with everybody. And that was kind of my motivation. That's it. Um, at least that's what I think it is. <laughs> anyway, So I get, <laughs> I get every now and then I'll get a direct message and it says, is that, you know, I looked at the window and I didn't see those colors. You know, is that the way you, is that what you saw? And, you know, there's this part of me that wants to say, oh, God, you know, I slap my face. I'm like, yeah, here we go again. Right? <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, so I explain, like, hey, my camera shoots a certain way. This is like the film days, film recorded light in a certain color. Like I said, but, you know, this is how I saw the sunrise. You know, I processed the picture to, to show you how my, experience of the sunrise is not the real necessarily the reality right the the sun I mean, the camera is not going to record reality anyway if you shoot a raw picture it doesn't look like what the world looks like in some way right well that's that calls into question is there a common reality well yeah <laughs> well let's a whole pause. other discussion that's gonna be another episode 77 i think <laughs> okay <laughs> yes because i get into that as well um but i I say this is not how I this is how I saw it. This is my seeing, 
You know, mm-hmm. I've got three tools in front of me. I got a camera, I got a lens, I got a processing device, whatever I use to make my final picture. And that's my, and those are my tools that I use to see with, right? And so you're subjugated to my vision of the sunrise. You may have seen it differently. And if you're going to, you know, you know, pixel peep or something like that and say, that didn't look like reality, you know, I'm not going to get into that discussion with you. But these are the things I use to see the world and then show them, you know, gather them up and show them to you. And, and you're there to say, oh, that's interesting how you see the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I'm long, <laughs> long story. But, um, yeah, you know, more apps, you know, apps are there to, I mean, apps or whatever they are, tools to help us uh, share these visions that we have with the world. And this is not any different now in digital than it was with film photography or, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go with these things. And you were talking about brushes and paints, you know. Yeah. You start thinking about the difference between oil paints and acrylic paints or when you go back further and you go to uh um what am i thinking of what did they used to put what's on the sistine chapel what is it no it's not paint oh my gosh it's not paint it's it's painting onto plaster and i'm spacing out oh yeah yeah i i know what you're talking about but yeah. i don't know what it's called. oh my gosh i can't believe i forgot fresco this. huh fresco fresco yeah yeah so you know go from that to oils i mean Every every bit of technology is is something new. When they discovered when someone discovered perspective, you know, like right. first point perspective, and be able to you know in the Renaissance time, being able to draw something in some kind of semi realistic way without a, uh, you know, vanishing points and stuff like that, you know, right. So anyway, I'm I'm going a little too far. So someone, yeah. I I almost guarantee someone's going to say, well, what's the difference between that and applying a post. Uh, processing filter and like you're just flipping through you know there's oh, that's a really that? good question <laughs> right and yeah. well, i had an app what was it called oh, uh prisma Did you oh yes, prisma? yes 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 right yes. like what's the difference and i think i think my response and i hope it doesn't come across the wrong way but it's it's really intention um in what way like well because a prisma is like Hey, I got this picture. Wonder what I do. What happens when I do this? And you come across happy accidents, and that's you know whatever, great. And but I think the difference between shooting with, uh, this is going to sound slightly contradictory. Go ahead, say it. With Fine. with contrast, and or when I'm shooting with my camera to to process that way, um, or you're even with your sunset shots where you're like, this is the way that I see it, and it's you know I see and intend it, and my intention is a little bit more saturated than. Maybe someone else's eyes see it, and it's. But I, I think all of the that if for the answer to the well, what about the post processing filters? Is I didn't shoot it with that in mind. I didn't load Kodachrome and expect, uh, you know, Tri-X mm-hmm. to come out. Mm-hmm. I loaded Kodachrome because that's the way I wanted to see things. Mm-hmm. I load Tri-X because that's the way I want to see things. I shoot with my camera because in exposed and framed and looking for light because that's what I'm trying to do as opposed to be like, well, I'll just post process and hope for the best. Yeah. Right. I, I just find a filter till it works. I like that. And, and, and of course I could, you know, come up with the counter argument because like, well, when people are shooting film, right, they're essentially doing some kind of thing in the end with it post-processing um 
Uh, that's not the right example. Hang on. <laughs> you just edit. You know, you're, you're talking about like, okay, I shot this this way, right? And yeah. with the camera, with the camera app, let's say for instance, and then you're putting on an Instagram filter or a hipstamatic filter or something like that, right? Afterwards, and you're flipping yeah. through them and you're saying, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, yes, this one, this one's good. Right, but you didn't look for that. The you didn't first look time. for like, it that way. Okay, okay, I got. You. I would I even you. give you. I would even give you if you're because I've used history, uh, hipstamatic too because it's fun. But I will load the lens that I want to use and I'll load the film stock. Right. Load. And then you, right. <laughs> load. Um, quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I'm glad you heard the quotes. Yeah. Uh, and then and then look for scenes that fit that as opposed to find the filter that fits the scene. Right. Okay. It, it's a subtle okay. difference. It is a subtle difference. And and I get and, you because you're going out into the world and you're saying, I'm going to look at it. In the way like you're looking at contrast, I'm going to look at the world. What does it look like through, you know, this um, tin type filter, right? Yeah. And suddenly I'm looking at the world as like it might have looked like in the, you know, this is a stretch, but like what it looked like in the 1870s camera, I can see now through my app. And I was like, oh, okay, that looks interesting. Oh, okay, that doesn't yeah. work with this kind of filter. And then, and then you take the picture and, you, and you're kind of locked into it in some way. You're sort of giving into the fact that the application or the camera is sort of locking your picture in and like you're saying, okay, yeah. that, I'm done. And so you're yeah. in, a, in a sense, you're treating it like in some way, like film, like there wasn't much more that you could do. And I'm, I'm not really counting black and white and processing because there was always a little bit more you can do with that, but you get the gist of it. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're locking it down a little bit and you're saying, okay, I'm done. Whereas if you do a post-processing thing to it, like add a filter or whatever, you're sort of, leaving yourself open to reinterpreting, reinterpreting the, the image and how you felt when you took it. And which is, you know, which is I don't fine. Want to, yeah. It was just fine. It's if, it is. if I kind of, but I understand what your you're intention. saying. I get what you're saying. I, I don't think you're right? saying that one is better than the other. It is different. No. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah, that's exactly. They're just trying to say it's different. It is different. Um, if I don't say that, but when Ward, my friend Ward, listens to this, he's going to bust my balls. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give myself an out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and because we can get some people can get stuck in the in the in the in the idea that like, well, you need to shoot it, you know, straight out of the camera, and you're done, oh, and, and you have I to have that, that, yeah, and you have to have that intention ahead of time, and that sort of skips out the idea that maybe I don't know what I'm doing with the picture now. I want to cap. I see something I like. But I have no idea what I want to do with it, and maybe I'll do something with it, you know, two years down the line, you know, and and my 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 uh, experience of the picture will change somewhere along the line. But I want to have that that option. And yeah, because uh, do you ever find yourself shooting? You like you 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 shoot something, and you're like, I don't even know why I took that picture, but something, right? Something made you do it, right? And I have, and then later, like you said, later you go back and you're like, ah, that's why I did it. And you yeah. see, you don't always see it. I think uh, Ralph Gibson talks about that. Um, uh, what is a term he uses? Hmm. I can't remember. He's a, there's a talk that he did. I think it was a TED talk, and he just a little bit of retrospective on on his on his life. But he talks about shooting a certain way, and then years later he went back, or when he was making one of his books, he's like, "Look at this! I shoot the same way. I shoot the <laughs> same themes." over and he's like you're not even necessarily aware of those things yeah 
So in that case, going back and re maybe reprocessing because you're like, oh, look, I saw whatever it is, this element, this thread. Now I'm going to reprocess them so that it becomes a coherent look to unify the elements because, you know, over time you're going to change random little things that you do. But Right. And you're adjusting your you're adjusting your vision according to yeah. the moment. Well, you're just you're... adjusting your processing. Your vi- oh. the vision stays there, but the it's the like the final um, the final finish of your vision is is tweaked mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Especially as you learn new things, like oh, I found a new te- new uh, technique and whatever processing software I'm using. So now I'm going to go back and you know that's those are always changing. Right, and, and and then also in some way that's that's not that much different than contrast, you know. No, nope. you find some someone comes up with something at some point in the future, and you're looking at it and you say like I resonate with that that style, or that technique, or that technology, and I want to apply it to these pictures that I already have, and that would work with that. Right. So yeah, all right. This is all. Cool. And I know Ansel Adams. I was reading something where he would go back to a lot of his famous prints and reprint them in the dark room. So sub before somebody gets all this is a new thing yeah, no, in it's... the digital age. No, it's been the master printer's been doing it for uh yeah, for, for years. A while. I've been reading a lot about Irving Penn lately as my as sort of my uh new thing to do is to sort of spend time slowing down and, and spending it with one photographer and, and he was doing the same thing. At some point he sort of stopped shooting and was always going back and re- reprinting uh, his old, you know, work that he shot, you know, sometimes decades before, you know. So it was, uh, it was interesting. I wanted to bring that up when you were talking about getting unstuck because you were, you'd mentioned that you'd been looking at that book for the last week. Yeah, I'm um, still looking. It's not it's a slow it's a slow read. But uh but that's something different that you know you're trying to do to unstick yourself. Yeah, it's it's the it helps to see other people's work, you know. Not necessarily cuz uh like I well, I wouldn't I would love to shoot like him, but I'm not. I'm not going to. I have no plans to, but it's nice to see <laughs> the world through uh someone else's eyes and spend a lot of time looking at it through their eyes, you know? So, uh, it's kind of, you know, if there was an, Ir- <laughs> if there was an Irving Penn app, <laughs> just made me crack <laughs> up thinking about that. I was like, what would that even look like? I, I can't even, I can't, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? It would have some sort of modeled backdrop that you could strip somebody into or something like <laughs> with, with the, with a simulation of Northern light. Cause that's what he always used. But anyway, that would be totally insanely weird. But I wouldn't well, put it against. Then, sorry, is is that a is that an iPhone uh, ten preset? I, I was gonna say like iPhone twelve or thirteen or twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at you know. I we're gonna have to cut it short. I remember an hour, but I wanted just as you said that I mentioned the, the, the new um, the, the new iPhone has these studio scenes. Have you seen that? I've kind of. I would. Partially, yes. They're totally bogus, in my opinion. I mean, I look at them and I'm like, but, but that's just me being like, you know, dismissive, smarty ass photographer who's been doing real stuff for a while. It's not going to take, and this is the first time I think they've done something like this. And so I don't think it's going to take much longer in the future for 
them to perfect it in such a way that they take it. You take a picture of somebody and it looks like it's photographed in a studio or it looks like it's photographed, whatever. I don't, I don't know what the, the settings are in that thing. Um, well, there's our, the, 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 so did you ever see that thing with uh, star Wars? Um, so the last scene of, um, not the latest one, but the, Oh, maybe it was, um, rebels or, uh, whatever. I, this is obviously not the geek show. No, no. <laughs> I apologize to those ones. You're talking that, about the newer ones? The newer ones. Yeah. Right. So there was one scene in the, in the, at the end where they have the princess Leia giving the message to R2D2 that starts. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes episode yes, yes, three. Yes, yes. And that was all this crazy amount of you know, CG, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, there was a guy, um, I don't know where he is, but he's, I think I understand it's kind of in the dark web, um, who has built software that can take, uh, photographs and project it onto a 3d thing and replace the face, um, on anybody. And so he recreated that scene using his software uh -huh. and it looked better than the Disney oh, really? version. And so there, I was, there was reading an article recently about, you know, there's all this fake news thing that's been in our, in the news. Yeah. It's kind of meta. Um, and the, the article was kind of, it was indicating like we may look back on that in the near future and say, well, that was quaint because there's the technology is rapidly coming that they can um, basically make you appear to be anywhere in the world on any videotape and you would not be able to tell the difference if it's real or, or simulated. Oh, that's just great. I can see so, where that's going to go. Well, what it, the thing that, so there's a, double-sided is one you could get you put with that technology you could get try to get implicated but it also provides an infinite amount of plausible deniability because it's faked well right prove right. it no uh -huh. you prove that it's real i wasn't yeah, there yeah. Oh, right yeah. so it creates it creates this kind of weird vortex so the technology will come where you'll point a camera at somebody you can recreate anybody's style and then where are we going to be at as a, as a photographer? Like it's, it's fascinating where the technology is going to, well, it's already happening. It's like just, I mean, this, this contrast app was created by the person who in a sense created his own style. Yeah. Right. So now what's the distinguish, you know, my picture taken with the app then from one of his, I guess, unless it's just the subject and the way we point the camera at it, but that's what, you know, we, we just came full circle. Like yep. we're coming yep. back around to like, how is the how does the app uh, or any of these devices make us have our own voice and our own um, you know our own vision? And are we looking through someone else's idea of what the world should look like? You know, did the world look like you know uh, what Velvia Film looks like? Should the world look like what Triex looks like? You know, uh, what's the world really look like, and what is it that we see? So. You know, it, not a. Is not this a, what the sculptors felt with the painters, and the painters felt when photographers came on the scene? Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, sculptors Are always we, say they find, you know, they remove the sculpt. The sculpture is in the rock, and they just remove the stuff that's around there. So, I don't know. That's lots of it. Gets deeply philosophical quickly. <laughs> it does. It does. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to keep it for another episode. I think. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a, that's a deep rabbit already, hole for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking like I can keep going <laughs> about this. Yeah. So, uh, this is really cool. Um, thanks for coming on. 
yeah, been talking about it. this, and I do want to, you know, keep this discussion going because I think it's important to um, really understand uh, what's driving our vision, you know, uh, and is it how important is it? Is the tool important? Is it our own vision important? Are they both important? So I want to like this is not a we don't I don't know the answers to these questions. So you know, hopefully you'll be willing. To I don't know if there are answers. There better not be any answers because it'll get really boring fast. <laughs> well. But yeah, anyway. boring for this and difficult doesn't make it any easier to keep motivated to shoot and, and pursue looking, seeing things differently. Yeah. It, it, you know, we circle back, like you said, and I don't know, it it's, makes it challenging for sure. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that we keep, you know, um, creating more questions than we answer. So that might keep things interesting. Yeah. And keep, keep, keep chasing the light and looking yeah. for just I don't know, chase a light chase a light yeah all right hey mark thanks a lot yeah thank you for thanks again yeah i appreciate it so let uh let my people know where they can find you I'd like to like them to uh hunt you down and find out what you do where can they go uh, well if you're on instagram i can i'm at uh, canadian portraitist um is my handle there my website is the same canadian portraitist.com i I think I'm in the Google algorithms enough that you search Mark Ryerson, I'll pop up in those places. Um, I haven't Googled myself in a while because that's just weird. <laughs> um, but Canadian Portraitist is my usually where I'm at. On Twitter, I think I'm Mark Ryerson. I haven't got the Canadian Portraitist on Twitter. but Really? Someone else has got it? No, I just oh, yeah, lazy. All right. <laughs> now that <laughs> we should. put it out in the world, someone's going to grab it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> highly specific little handle there but yeah and can can we see any of your work the um the uh hundred strangers someplace yeah that's all on my website oh it is uh, okay cool yeah there's links to my blurb book there if you wanted a hard copy of it um but there's it's all there's a section on there called the hundred strangers and uh that lays out all the pictures and the and the stories so the hundred strangers was more than just pictures it was a conversation and and really after i published that book it was realized it was much more like a um a journal <laughs> and like mm. it's kind of a lot more intimate than i intended it to be but it is what it is so cool. all right we'll look for it there thanks cool all right thanks mark yeah thanks antonio yeah and uh you know this is switch to manual so you can always find my stuff or our stuff <laughs> at switchtomanual.com and uh, we're on Twitter at switch the number two manual so switch to manual uh, Instagram is also switch the number two manual so switch to manual and uh, what else uh, we have Flickr I don't know I don't know where you can find us oh uh, we're Facebook people so join us on Facebook we like Facebook uh, we're we're older people <laughs> so <laughs> might, might you know sort of nix all the young people who are like i don't like facebook anymore but we like facebook it's got a there's at least with uh switch to manual we have a nice little gathering there so join us there um a couple of things if you guys want to help support the show we would love to have you help us that would be great we have a paypal button on our 
uh, Podbean page for you if you want to just, you know, throw us some chump change, as uh, Tom used to like to say, and get us a, buy us a coffee beer. We could do it there. Uh, that would be great. And the other thing we have, uh, which we'd like to earn our money from you, if you guys want to have your photographs um, reviewed by us, we have a little portfolio review page where you can uh, send some of us your pictures. We'll, you know, review them, get you uh, some feedback, professional feedback on them, and uh, send it back to us. It's a great way to support the site. And if you want to just test us out, we have a free version there. So you can just see, like, you like the way we, you know, talk about your pictures. So, you know, try us out. And uh, if you guys get us on iTunes, please uh, give us ratings and reviews and uh, help us, you know, get more people to listen to the show. And actually, that's the best thing you can do. Please tell your friends. If you guys like the show enough, you know, share share this podcast with uh, other photographer friends of yours. I'd like to get uh, a bigger audience. And uh, I don't know. I think that's all I can think of for now. But, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks again, Mark, for, for joining me. For sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll have Mark on again. Uh, I'm sure it's a great uh, conversation. And uh, until then, I'm going to say see you later and adios. <laughs>